test run, see how things look, see how things sound. Um, why don't you go ahead and say a couple words for me? Hello, I'm Toby, the dog lady of Lansing Prison. <laughs> That's great. Brian, how do you sound? I sound okay. Awful, as usual. Thank you All very right. much. Okay. <laughs> and of course, I sound fantastic, mm -hmm, as usual. Because you work the controls, so you make yourself <laughs> sound better. So, so did you do all your time in minimum custody? Yes. Mm -hmm. I did all my time in maximum custody. Yeah, you're hardcore. Wow. You're hardcore. Wow. And yeah. that is a good way to intro the show. Yeah. <laughs> she has more prison. Uh, but. With a yet, 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 with a yet. Ooh, ooh. If you want to go and take a ride with me with three wheeling in the fall with the goldies, oh, why must I live? This way If you wanna go and get high with me Smoke a L in the back of the Benzie Oh why must I feel this way You're listening to Try to Podcast The show about an aspiring comic and an ex-con Trying to start over and make good After years of f***ing it up Oh yeah and they, they try to make it radio friendly For some f***ing reason Whatever. Now, here are your hosts, Woo! Jeremy right, and Brian. There right. we go. Yes. There we go. Yes. That's right. Try to podcast. We got a des uh, guest in studio As this week. As promised, we do have a guest in studio. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Here. Oh, it's a wonderful Sunday afternoon. By the way, if uh, if you get hot in here. The sun comes in this window here. We can crack this window open, make okay. a little nicer too. Just, so just let us know. Just let me know. Let me know. I, I try to be a good, uh, hospitable. Uh, host here. You are. But uh, yes, this is interesting having somebody else in the studio. Usually Brian and I, we just get in, get in start riffing. And I do want to talk a little bit before we, we get into uh, uh, our guest's story today and before we properly introduce her. Yes. You and I went and, get, and did a cal calendar shoot yesterday. Oh, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, Jeremy. You wanna, why, don't you, why don't you tell Toby about this? Jeremy and I are participating in a dad bod calendar, um, and it's for men who are in shape, and like we say, that shape is round. <laughs> it's very and, round. And uh, and it, the proceeds for this calendar are going to go to a good cause. We have not released what the two causes will be at this point, but we do have them selected. And um, But yes, we did a very... Uh, Jeremy was a very seductive Santa yesterday. Santa Claus right here. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I was pretty much Cupid. Just a, a naked Cupid, which in all honesty, it just kind of looked like a fat guy with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I only, only know if I looked like Cupid. It's just like, who's the fat guy with the bow? Uh, well, I, I thought it was adorable. Thank you. Uh, Shay from Shay Kuntz Photography thought it was amazing. That's right. And so basically what we're doing is uh, every dad bod gets a month. Right. Uh -huh. So I, I got December. He got uh, February. They're looking for other people to participate in this. And then uh, we do have at least one charity in mind uh, at the moment. We're not ready to release who that is yet, but uh, the proceeds are going to be going to this charity mm -hmm. uh, as well. So it's a good chance to uh, laugh at our bodies. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of laughing yesterday. <laughs> there's a lot of laughing going on a yesterday. Lot. And then, you know, it's going to go to a good cause, too. So uh, I just wanted to comment on that. There's going to be more information to come. Uh, stay tuned throughout the year that we're going to get be getting more and more people to participate and then around october november uh time frame we're going to be able to get uh the big release the big release that's right so so let's do a proper intro brian you know more about our guest than i do go ahead and introduce her properly for the audience. okay well uh if you've been listening to the show for a while um you're awesome and if you're just <laughs> starting where the hell have you been 
But um, you would know that I was in Lansing Prison, and Lansing Prison has a dog program there. Um, it's a really cool program that allows uh, you know inmates to work with dogs. They save dogs, shelter dogs, and we actually have Toby in studio today. And she is the one that started that program. Toby started it all. Yes, yes, I did. We have Toby, the dog lady of Lansing. Brian, I need to get you closer on the mic. I'm please. sorry. Every, I'm just, every single time. I sound super loud. Every single Continue. time. Continue. Okay, so so Toby, you uh, you started the dog program at Lansing? Is that yes, right? Lansing? Lansing Correctional okay. Facility. Okay. So in 2001, I was laid off from Sprint with a lot of other people. And that yeah. kind of just throws your life into a quandary you know what are you going to do now because right. so much of what you do is what you do right i'm with you and on that. um i started a, a part-time job at a vet clinic because i loved animals and i've always been really involved in i mean i was rescuing dogs when i was nine years old i brought oh, really? home my first stray oh. and i walked it around the neighborhood knocking on doors and found it a home oh so go get her yeah oh so you weren't just taking them in you were actually finding a, a, yes. a forever home for yes. them even back then yes. oh, that's cool yeah it was i loved it so in 2004 I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, mm. which thyroid cancer is one of the maybe not so critical cancers. Okay. The survival rate's pretty high. Okay. But still, hearing the word cancer after your name is kind <sighs> of an eye opener. No doubt. No doubt. And I realized that I could go anytime. Any of us could, but that, I, that point had never been driven home to me before. Right. And I realized that I hadn't done anything yet in my life to make a difference. Oh, my uh, God. I haven't done shit. <laughs> You're going to make me edit, just so you know. So you, you, if, you feel the, if you feel the need to swear, you can. But we, oh, we try yeah, to make it radio friendly. I'm sorry, but geez. So I always have to go back and edit him out. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll I see. I have been referred to as the cancer. So I go see. ahead. Continue. Okay. So it was really important to me that my time here wasn't just taking up space by going on vacation and, you know, doing fun things that right. I needed to do something that made my time here count. Contributed. Sure. Contributing yes. to society. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So I thought a lot about what I wanted to do. And the whole time that I was recovering from my cancer surgery, which the recovery was really tough. You just have no energy because your thyroid controls your circulation your blood okay. pre you know everything you yeah do. i wasn't your sure metabolism, exactly what, okay. it's critical yes and so for six weeks after the surgery you don't have a thyroid but you can't start your thyroid replacement hormone yet because they're waiting for your body to be screaming out for thyroid uh, enzymes so then they can do a radiation treatment that kills if there's any you know, thyroid pieces floating around somewhere. Gotcha. So for those six weeks, I mean, I couldn't even read a book because I didn't have the energy to turn a page. Holy It God. was unbelievable. So I... Are you just bedridden that entire time? Yeah. Or? Recliner wow. ridden. Recliner. Because, yeah. Gotcha. Because I wasn't sleepy. I was too tired to sleep. It was a weird thing. What a yeah. crazy... So wow. I watched TV the whole time. And at that time, there was a show on Animal Planet called Cell Dogs. Okay. And I was obsessed with that program. And I watched it 24 hours a day. And I told my husband, that's what I want to do. I want to start a prison dog program. Huh. And he said, that's just a TV show. Nobody does that in real life. <laughs> yeah, but also like, how? Where does it yes. start? What do you do? Yes. So I thought, well, 
I can at least start a dog rescue program, a little bit more formal than just, you know, taking dogs and trying to find them a sure, home. Sure, sure, right. sure, honey. Do whatever you want to do with your freaking dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Try to watch this game. Yeah. So... I, and I worked at a vet clinic, and it was in a small town, and the city animal control brought their stray dogs to our vet clinic. So I thought, well, I have two or three dogs here that need right. homes. I'm just going to start a dog rescue group. And I started. I made the decision on a Thursday. And on Monday, an official from the warden's office at Lansing Correctional Facility walked into the vet clinic and said, Toby... I hear you're starting a dog rescue program. Have you ever considered doing a prison dog program? Ah, so it just kind of stumbled in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I said, oh my gosh, that's my dream. Of course I want to do a prison dog program. And he said the inmates in the medium custody unit had decided they wanted a prison dog program and they were starting to get restless. And they were they, the mailroom had intercepted you know, 50 or 60 letters that inmates had sent out to rescue groups saying, would you come here and start a prison dog program? So they were trying to do it from the inside. Yes. As a matter of fact, they actually resorted to putting other inmates on leashes and walking around the track. <laughs> this is how bad they wanted dogs. And, yeah. You know, and yeah. also doggy style is a big deal there too. Oh, yeah. Brian. Have I, I'm sorry. Have I, can I not, what? Have I sufficiently warned you about Brian? Say, I, don't, I, I just, think I've got the gist. You've, you've, you've met guys like him before? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, Toby. That's all right. That's okay. not a problem. Yeah, well, that is why, not, now that you have your uh, your headphones on, that that is why we have uh, this right here. The but venerable producers of Pride bad. Podcast acknowledge that Brian's humor can be offensive. I, and the only reason Jeremy is laughing is not because okay. he agrees, but because uh, he can't control himself. That's our okay. disclaimer. Anytime Brian yes, says anything I offensive. See. Yeah. I see. I'm holding back. I'm actually holding back. We have a lady in the <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that you're you. finally <laughs> holding <laughs> back. Yes. So, so they were walking inmates around on leashes, collars, <laughs> and then you came in. Yes. So that was a Monday. They asked if I'd start a prison dog program. And they said, can you come on Wednesday and give a presentation to the whole executive staff at the warden's office? And I what? said, yes, I'll be there. And so I went in Stressful. and- did an hour-long presentation, and I thought, I don't know how to build a prison dog program, but I do know how to train dogs, and I do know how to rescue them. Right. So what? how hard could it be? Okay. So yeah, I can't remember if you said this before, the mics went on or not, but you said you're a go-getter. You're up till yes. midnight, and, uh -huh. and you're up there. So this was just kind of your attitude yes. about everything. Like, yeah, I, I want to do it. I'll find a way to do Nothing's it. Nothing's going to stop me. And then yeah. we'll do it. That's right. Okay. That's kind of my motto. That's cool. I so like that. Chris always says, my husband now, he always says, if you're going to get on the Toby train, you better watch out because it's leaving the station right now. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, right now? Uh, <laughs> a minute or a New York minute? Which minute the are we New talking? York minute. Okay. <laughs> New York minute. <laughs> yeah. So then after my presentation on Wednesday, the warden called me and said, we love your idea. Can you bring dogs in on Friday? Wow. By the way, things never move this quick in prison. I mean, the fact that everything happened the way it happened, right. everything just lined up perfectly in, mm -hmm. in the stars and the heavens because it usually takes forever and forever in paper pushing and calls and mm -hmm. follow-ups because for the most part, they don't give a crap. They if, don't care, if, right? If you, want, you want dogs? I don't care. I don't care what you want. Right. You know what I want you to do? Go back to your cell and do your time. Right. You know, don't bug me. We might get the dogs, but don't bother us. But the fact that they went through and did this that quickly right. is actually quite amazing. That is amazing. It is amazing. And I really think that what was driving them, besides the fact that they 
kind of were a little nervous that maybe they were going to have a riot on their hands yeah, or sure. a bunch of people show up at their door saying we're here to start a prison dog program and they're like no wait we that's not how we do it right but i think the other reason that was driving this is because prisons i think are desperate for something good to come out of them that they can share with the community and say see yeah. we do have a value here yes. right yeah right that makes sense and there's not much good no, no I've, I've, in my conversations with him over the last few years, I've uh, I've found out about mm -hmm. that. So you you start this here in about a week. Yes, you're able to get things up and going. Mm -hmm. You got some dogs from the veterinary clinic you were at yeah. already, right? And you got a line of inmates ready to sign up and mm -hmm. be a part of the program. Yeah. So, so I took in seven dogs. That's okay. how Safe Harbor started with seven dogs. On Friday the 13th, oh, in August uh, no. of 2004. 2004, okay. That's foreshadowing. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck. So, so how do things go at the beginning when you're, when you're doing this? Well, I, one of the dogs that I took in was a pregnant dog who was about to deliver puppies. So that was quite interesting. And, of course, really popular with the inmates in the yeah. housing unit that had that dog. Yeah. And, you know, they they would run to the officer's station and have them call me and say, oh, she's doing something different. We think you should come up and look at her, you know, and I'd go look. And it's like, no, she's not ready. And then all of a sudden she was ready and she had these puppies. And these guys were just, oh, my gosh, they were in love with these little puppies. These hardened criminals mm -hmm. that were just in love with these puppies. Yes. I, I like the idea sure. of that. Yes. Sure. That's crazy. And was this at, so this was at Lansing. Yes. And in the medium custody medium custody, where the program okay. started. Okay. And, and Brian, where were you in Lansing? I was in the minimum. You were in minimum. Yes. And this is something that I haven't discussed. So what's the difference between minimum, medium, max? Is that just, yes. the, is that the three? And, and, and now, now they've actually combined the max and the, okay, the medium was the one everybody loved the most because you had your own, your own room, you had a key to lock your room. Uh, volleyball, all the good sporting fields. Um, everybody loved it there. Uh, but there's still guys who have life sentences in the, you know, in the medium. Huh. Um, but they've behaved, so they get to go there and they get to be in medium custody. Gotcha. But somebody with a life sentence typically will never be in the minimum because they're going. There's a good chance they're going to run. Right. I mean, you have a life sentence, you know, and it, so. And there's less uh, people looking over them. So typically, people with life sentences are going to be uh, aggressive or br brand new. Um, maximum security will be in the max prison, but then they can earn their levels as they go along and earn their custodies to go to medium. And huh. then if you're getting out soon, then you finally get to go to minimum. Gotcha. I was a first-time offender, nothing violent, so I got sent to the minimum right away. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that fills in some gaps. There we go. All right, so this dog program, you're off and running. Do you remember any of the first dogs? So you said the, the, the one was pregnant. Yeah, so I remember that we had the pregnant dog, and I can't remember her name. Oh. I think it might have been Darla, but I'm not sure. And I usually let the inmates name them a lot sure, of the time. Sure, And she was one of seven dogs. Actually, I think when I first took dogs in, I think I took three or four to the minimum custody that same day. So I took okay. the pregnant dog and a couple other dogs to the medium custody. But I did put dogs in minimum custody that first day. I just remembered. So what's that like? You, you're, I mean, I've never even been in a prison. Uh, no, Brian, he, he, he never came to see me. Uh, 
Ever. <laughs> that is true. Yes. That is true. Ever. I traveled most of the time that you were in prison. Yeah, he now. did. He, he made sure to travel. <laughs> working <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, I stayed put. Yeah, you I, stayed there, I was waiting there for waiting you. for me yes. the entire time. Yeah. What's the process of, of going in there, let alone bringing dogs in? Because the way I understand it, it's it's you can't bring cell phones in, you can't bring anything mm-hmm. from the outside in, but well, you're bringing dogs in. Right. So here's the normal way that a volunteer program works. There's rooms towards the front of the prison in an area. This is I'm talking about the medium custody now, but in an okay. area where inmates can only go with a pass or with some kind of an escort like it's the barber shops there and medical clinics there okay so it's not a place where inmates just mill around and then there's classrooms there so most volunteers come in and they go to this really super secure area that's supervised okay and they have a church group or a ged class or you know a choir class or something okay but because my dogs lived with the inmates out in the prison, I went yeah. out into the prison, wow. into the yard, into the inmate cells. Right. All the time I was in inmate cells unsupervised. You were given um, pretty high access there. I, mean, I was. Yeah, that's, that's not... Uh, that's not something typically because of for your own protection mm-hmm. physically or, you know, to I, I don't know. There's just a million reasons why they wouldn't want that to happen. Right. And I doubt that that would be I, I doubt you'd be able to do that these days. They don't do it now. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> you know, because I wonder what happened. I, so I guess we, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, they, they used to do furloughs like at Lansing. Mm-hmm. Like you could go home oh, for the wow. weekend. Oh, I didn't know, know that. Um, How long ago was that? That was back that? in the 90s. That's huh? not that yeah. long ago. Wow. And, and also in the 90s, the minimum at Lansing was co-ed. Yes, but for some, I remember that. But th- th- there's something they, they can never figure out. For some reason, the women kept getting pregnant. Huh. So they're like, hey, I think I know what's going on here. Let's go ahead and separate right. them. Right. But yeah, they're having a lot of babies. And um, then they were being adopted out to society, too. So, gotcha. yeah, but the 90s, a lot of things have changed. Wow. That's crazy. So what's it like walking through a prison? You know, one week you're wanting to get going. Mm-hmm. And then within a sh- relatively short amount of time, suddenly you're given access to it- everything in the prison. Not everything, but. Well. Pretty much everything. Really, I mean, even the warden's office told the officers that, you know, Toby can go anywhere she wants. Don't stop her. Okay. Which was kind of not a good thing. But (laughs) um, um, they, um, when I went into the prison and I walked through the prison yard and I, there was, I don't know, was there a thousand guys there? A lot. There was a lot. It was probably around that. Yeah. And they're just out in the yard wandering around and... um, yeah, and okay. um, and I was just walking right through them with no regard to the fact that I was in the middle of a medium custody prison, right? Unsupervised with a bunch of inmates around me that hadn't been in the company of a woman, right? That's kind of where maybe I'm... twenty years, right? Right. So, so that's that's a thing. Like, trust me, they know. You know, they see. They you know. know, and all of a sudden, it's every you know, when a woman comes on the compound, right? Everybody's all, talking. All everybody's looking. Yeah, everybody's. All oh yeah, yeah. And I was oblivious. Okay. All I saw was my dogs. Right. Right. And and what the dogs needed, and I saw the inmates. As dog handlers. Okay. And I knew that this inmate 
really liked the old dogs and he was so good with them and he was so patient and he would carry them around. And, and this inmate really did well with the pregnant dogs that were going to have puppies. And, okay. and this inmate really did well with dogs that had had to have surgery. We had dogs in there who had broken legs and been hit by cars yeah. and thrown off bridges and all kinds of things. Oh my goodness. And so there was a lot of recuperation for some of them. And I knew right. which dog handlers were best for those kinds of jobs. That's cool. And that's what I saw. Right. And I didn't really see their crimes or the fact even sometimes that they were inmates. It just right. didn't so, register. So the prison would want her to look at them as inmates who handle dogs. Yes. Right. Not a dog handler. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, inmate first. Inmate first, inmate first, inmate first, and then whatever you want to add on there. Was that always driven into you the entire time? Inmate first, inmate first? Well, you know, like since since I'm in management now and I manage inmates, I have to go to this training. I don't know if they had that whenever you're back there, but, you know, most of the stuff I already know from when I was in prison, but there's just certain ways you're supposed to look at it. Like if they ask you, you know, about, um, you know, like, hey, what'd you do this week? And that's technically undue familiarity because it has uh. nothing to do with the job or mm-hmm. with the situation, they shouldn't, okay. they shouldn't know your kids' names. They shouldn't know how your home life is, you know, because they don't want them to use this information to... Manipulate yes, stuff out Yes, you. exactly. That's, huh. that's exactly true. And I went to the volunteer training, and I remember it being like two or three hours. It wasn't very long. Yeah, now it's like eight hours long. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It wow. probably needed yeah. to be. And, and I didn't ever get a refresher. You know, I was there for 18 months running the prison dog program. And I think really maybe like every two or three months you, as a volunteer, you should have to come in for a refresher because you forget Definitely. things. Well, Definitely. So, so you forget what you did learn. Mm-hmm. And then anybody who puts on a conference can tell you that you only really get about 10% out of yes. it anyway, mm-hmm. unless you're meticulously taking notes and mm-hmm. it's really important to you that you get every single thing right. But most of the time you, you come away with 10 or 15%. And then after a couple of months, you're only remembering a percentage of that 10 yes. to 15%. And, and most of the time I'm in that training, I'm sending pictures to all my friends going, oh my God, a guy had this in his butt. Look how huge it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the training very serious. <laughs> Jesus. Can you believe that? Uh, I love how you look back at our audience too. Uh, uh-huh. every, t- yeah. every time he cracks a joke, love he, sure. he looks back at the Give audience. Give me a fist bump. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> God, so you did it for 18 months. 18 months. 18 months. 18 months, I saved 1,000 dogs. Holy cow. It was a lot of work. You are like the Schindler of dogs. Uh, yes. <laughs> you I are like, like the Schindler of dogs. Schindler's Leash. Uh-huh. Yes. Could be the name there of the movie. You go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I love that. At the end, you <laughs> know, you're crying good. saying, I could have saved more. I yes, could have saved more. Yes. There always is more. But, you know, of course... We didn't save more. Yeah, and we'll get into that here in just a little uh, bit. I have some more questions no, for no, you. No, no, we I'm, got plenty. I'm fascinated but... by th- this whole program anyway, because mm-hmm. I have a family member who uh, is uh, in the prison system. Who have you visited him? I have not. No, he, oh. do, no, he does not. not do that. <laughs> He's acting like he's it's so It's really so critical. I know it is. It's I, unbelievably I important. I'm actually not. And you know what? You're laying, laying on the line. I'm, I'm not as close to this family member. Mm-hmm. He's just more of a... Uh, you know, he's, he's closer to the other side of the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But every Saturday I get up and I'd that's iron my point. shirt and I brush my teeth and I comb my hair and I look out the window and say, I know Jeremy's going to show up today. 
And it kind of takes me back to when I was five years old, sitting on a tree branch in my front yard, waiting for my dad to show up, and he never showed up either. And this all kind of comes full circle. Now. Well, this is all from years of you telling me you're going to show up to the party that I was fl- I was throwing and never showed up. Anyway. I was on drugs, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're 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 hashing something out here. Yeah, I'm sorry. So well, just so, screw it. Go on, continue. So and and you know, um, you saying that actually does maybe I should go see him. But you anyway, know, honestly, it really yeah. is important because. That's the only lifeline inmates have right. to the real world right. is a visit. And it's a short little visit. It's an hour a week is yeah. what they get. I mean, it's not a big, long time. Right. And so I would say, you know, visit, be it, make a difference, be a difference in somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that sounds good, but I've been to prison. I can't even find <laughs> an hour to go grocery shopping. <laughs> I have to have it delivered to the house. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. I do that. <laughs> So I guess the the reason why I'm I'm so interested in this is mm-hmm. because I know somebody who's benefited from it so right. much. Uh-huh. Um, so so you, you mentioned saving a thousand dogs. What sort of influence does this have on the prisoner themselves? I mean, it, it has is, a huge influence okay. on the prisoner. I so I would hear from the officers and from the warden staff that within a week of putting dogs in the prison, the entire atmosphere of the prison mellowed. It softened. Oh yeah, and you would see people out in the yard laughing, you know, and and the beauty of the program was I didn't want my dogs to live isolated from the rest of the population. I wanted them to be able to go for walks in the yard with every other inmate out there. So right. if somebody wanted to pet a dog, they could. Right. And and so I like to tell the story, you know, as human beings, we're social creatures. Oh, yeah. Sure. We have to have connection with another person. Yeah. And a lot of my dog handlers, mo- the majority of them had, were serving very long sentences and had been there a while. And for, I'd say, probably 80% of my dog handlers never had visits, ever. Mm. So Make me feel real guilty. So, yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine going 5, 10, 20, 30 years without ever hugging someone, ever? No. It's almost like it's just easier for the people on the outside to pretend that they've died yes. and that they don't exist. Yes. Yeah. They're never coming home. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. only making it harder. So let's just not go. And let's I go. imagine there's people who have gone once or twice yeah. and then just seeing them there might make them feel more, it's more guilty. And it's, it's, hard. it's almost easier to yeah. just separate. Sure. Huh. So, you know, one of my dog handlers who we'll talk about later, but uh, he was serving a life sentence. And when he first went to prison, he was 17. And for the first year or two that he was in prison, he would get visitors every weekend. And then they would get visitors maybe once a month. And then he'd get no visitors. And so at the time he was in the dog program, he hadn't had a visitor for six years. Wow. Mm. Ugh, That's crushing. Yeah. That's tough. It is tough. And so just imagine you're in this environment where you can't confide in anyone. I mean, you know, it's not safe to confide in someone while you're in prison it's a weakness it is yeah and so here i bring these dogs into the prison and all of a sudden these men who haven't had a hug in 20 years can hug a dog Uh, yes and they can tell the dog how they feel and all their problems and the dog looks in their eyes and just loves them back right right and it's so powerful that's huge Mm -hmm. yeah and did and you may not know the answer to this question, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. So were all the people who were associated with this, had they had interactions with dogs in the past or, or no. was it new for some of them? To it was new for most dogs? of them. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you're introducing something new into their life as yeah. well. That's awesome. 
It is. That's awesome. It really is. So, you know, I, there's another part of this story that I find really interesting as well. And you mentioned the, the, this uh, this inmate. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How do we transition this, Brian? Well, let's just go. Ahead. Let's just ask. Let's her. just keep going. Are you still involved in the dog program today? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. And why is that? <laughs> He's the king of transition. Rear, there we rear, go. rear. Segway. Segway. <laughs> On February 12th, 2006, I ended up helping that dog handler who I just mentioned that was serving a life sentence from the time he was 17 and hadn't had a visitor in six years. I fell in love with him, and I helped him escape from prison. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was wow. super loud. That was yeah, super that loud. was super loud. Wow. Do that again away from the mic. What? There you go. There For some go. reason, when he gets loud, he likes to get on uh, the mic. Yes, but when I he's do. talking uh-huh. quietly, he likes to do it. So there it is. You're the lady. You're the woman. I am the one. You're I am the, the dog lady. You are the international news story. That's right. That's right. The dog lady from Lansing. Is that the way That's they refer right. to it? Dog okay. lady of Lansing prison. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first part of that statement, you said you fell in love with somebody yes. in a prison. What's dating like in prison? <laughs> well, Hell, I'm not having luck on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is, there was no dating. It was just, yes. you know, so here's what happened. They just line up and you swipe right or left, man. It's cool. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so at one time I had a, I had it built into my program that if the dog handlers really had a special connection with a particular dog, that I would make that dog available to their family member to adopt. Oh, that's oh, nice. Okay. So they could have their family member come up for the military kind of does yeah. the same thing. That's good. Yeah. And I would have the paperwork ready and meet them in visiting and the visitor, the family member could take the dog home with them when they left. Okay. And so, you know, that was really a, a thing that a, several of the dog handlers took advantage of. And then that way, when they were getting out of prison, they knew they were coming home to their dog. That's awesome. So yeah. it worked really well. And I imagine they're able to get pictures of the yes. dog and stuff like that, uh-huh. and, you know, letters and That's stuff. That's right. Huh, cool. That's right. It was really a really positive program. Paw. Positive. Get positive. it? I see what you That's did dog, there. It's a dog pun. That's right. <laughs> the dog pun. Sorry, that one was rough. That's okay. I kind of like it. A positive. <laughs> so this one particular inmate <clears throat> had asked for his girlfriend to adopt his dog. And I give him a little bit of time because they've got to coordinate a visit and, you know, to get the dog. Right. But I happened to run into this inmate in the dog in the prison yard and he was walking around the track and I was in there doing other business and I, I saw him and I went up to him and I said, Hey, when is your girlfriend going to come and get this dog? Because, you know, you asked me six weeks ago. Yeah. And so he's still here taking up this space in the prison and I've got dogs at home that I need sure. to bring in here. That you're sure. literally just keeping at home? Yeah. Wow. I had a barn. I changed, turned my horse barn into a dog kennel. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Fully committed. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. So I'd work in the prison for eight hours a day and go home and take care of 19 dogs oh that were in my God. barn waiting Gosh. to come to the prison. It was crazy. So there was a maximum amount that they would let in the, into the prison, it yes. sounds like, then? Okay, okay. I had 70 dogs in the prison. At one time? <clears throat> At one time. Holy cow. <laughs> 100 dog handlers. And you had a full... You were, So you were working at the veterinary clinic Well, at the same I had time, to quit or? working at the vet clinic because okay. I couldn't do both. Gotcha. So, so so in that case, was the prison funding the... No. No? 
No. So what were you doing? So volunteering. When I I was volunteering. So when I adopted a dog, I charged an adoption fee. Okay. And part of that adoption fee covered their medical costs and the dog food. Right. And the rest was a little bit of profit, which wasn't gotcha. much to keep to keep things going yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I interrupted. I apologize. That's okay. I just, <laughs> so anyway, I encountered this particular inmate in the yard, and I said, you know, when are you going to come and get your dog? Because I've got other dogs I need to bring up here. And he got so mad and was just livid and started screaming at me and he put up his fist and he was you know his face was red and he was spitting and he was right in my face and I just knew he was going to punch me and I was terrified and I looked around the yard and I couldn't see a single officer Oh, no, it's always like that. Oh, there's trouble. Let me get uh, get some coffee, Tim. That's my cue to leave. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. And then I looked up and I saw John Maynard walking across the yard towards me. And he was just kind of sauntering along, you know, not rushing, which is kind of intentional on his part. Okay. And I, I knew he was coming to save me. And he did. You know, he walked up and he said, hey, now you go on back to the house. I'm just going to walk Toby to the gate, you know. And, and when I got out to the parking lot, I called my contact in the warden's office and I was sobbing and I said, I am done. I'm not going back. I can't do this. I don't know if I could blame you. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm not safe in there. That was the first time I realized I wasn't safe in there. It's like they they give you carte blanche Uh and you feel like you're walking around safe until the boom, everything changes. And and there's a lot of guys in there who are ticking time bombs like that. Yes. And, uh, you know. Un, undiagnosed mental problems. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe his mother just died that yeah. afternoon. And then you come up, you know, with something totally simple. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the last thing that pushes him over the edge. Wow. And when you're dealing with somebody who's never going to get out, what's another life sentence? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's terrifying. So, you know, that was on a Saturday. And the warden's office scrambled around. And on Monday, they called me and they said, you know, I told him, I said, I'll still run the prison dog program, but I'm not going inside the prison. You okay. know, you can bring the dogs out to me and I'll bring them to you and you can take them in. And and so they called me on that Monday and said, you know, we figured it out. We're going to have John Maynard escort you everywhere you go inside the prison. Okay. Because he won't let anybody bother you. Okay. So it was, was he the, is there a term for this, Brian? That, that that I don't know of somebody who is like the the top dog the the I mean well you've there, told me before I mean, there's there's, there's going to be a shot caller or he's a person who holds the keys in his group but I mean I don't even know if he's a part of a group because it sounds um, it sounds like to me they they know people don't mess with John mm-hmm. Maynard yeah. I've I've looked him up John Maynard is a white guy typically uh-huh. you know usually when it comes to races in prison races pretty much stick together mm-hmm. but the whites for some reason are split up into several groups you got huh. the racist whites you got the you know it's 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 all split up. I don't think he was part of a group. I, I, I mean, really. I could be wrong, no, no, but I don't believe he correct. was part of a group. Like I just I said, think that split. he he was really smart, mm. and a lot of the guys in prison are not right. really smart. Sure. Sure. So he kind of stood above them because of that. Okay, and and he was tall. He was six foot four, and he gotcha. just didn't take crap from anybody. Okay. You know, if somebody told him to do something, he's like, no, hmm. I won't. You know, and. And I know he's told me stories that earlier when he first got to prison that, you know, he had to kind of earn his 
respect. So in, in some sort of way, he mm-hmm. he had respect from yes. other people, and, yes. and he, the, they they knew he could keep you safe, essentially. Yeah, huh. yeah. Interesting. And they wouldn't have probably enough money to have an actual guard follow you no. around the entire time. That's they wouldn't right. want to spend that extra yeah. resource. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So that set up a situation, which, by the way, the warden didn't know about that agreement. It was someone in his office that set that up. Uh, okay. And so he denies it. And I don't blame him for denying it because he wasn't aware of it. Right. But sure. it did happen. Right. So wow. so, so you've got an inmate basically protecting you while you're mm-hmm. in there just in case something goes down. Yes. Which it's, is totally not protocol. That's right. right. It's not at all. Right. And um, it set up this situation where I spent an unnatural amount of time with him. Okay. And I mean... Like five or six hours a day. Oh, wow. Six days so a week. If, if you don't mind me peeling back the curtain a little bit, your home life wasn't necessarily great at this time either. That's right. right it wasn't. Um, uh. Which is a dangerous combination. Yes, that's because true. Um, to you, um, pr- home is a prison. That's right. And you it's found, exactly right. You found your freedom mm-hmm. in the prison. It, it, I say that all the time. And, I found freedom well, behind bars. And, wow. um, Mm-hmm. For him, you know, you're the only woman in the world. That's right. And so you guys met at at, at I guess the right the right and the wrong time. Yes. Uh, in your lives, when mm-hmm. your stories crossed, it mm-hmm. was just perfect for disaster to ensue. So yeah. So you. That's you, right. So your your previous marriage mm-hmm. to the husband who's not as cool as the one who's That's here now. That's right. Definitely <laughs> um, not. Yeah. That wasn't good, and that mm-hmm. just then that pretty much just in, and I think a lot of people can understand this is that and that could hell after my divorce, and I'm not saying that's the only reason because mm-hmm. I was messed up anyway. I mm-hmm. went I, I went crazy, and I went from a bank manager to a felon, and yeah. I went to, and I yeah. went to prison, mm-hmm. and I did not fit in. So mm-hmm. I can kind of see with, yes. with the with the John situation um, because I I was a minority, not in race. Mm-hmm. Uh, necessarily, but in social. That's right. Status. I, yeah. I had I had the great family. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything I ever mm-hmm. wanted, school, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But you know, I still chose to throw it away. Yeah. So I, I can identify with him in that aspect. But so you guys came together at the right time, and then they they set you guys up. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. not only is this the right time, but we're gonna have you guys. Uh, you know, we're gonna let him court you around That's the yard. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And so, you know, we started having these conversations and then conversations got deeper and deeper and more personal. Yes. And then at one time, you know, he said to me, he asked something about my husband or, you know, I'd said something and he said, why are you married to him? And I just stopped and I couldn't, I didn't have an answer. Interesting. And, you know, I couldn't unthink that question. Uh. And so for days I was like, why don't I have an answer to that? You know, there, I should have an answer. Sure, right. Sure, you're sitting at traffic lights. Why mm-hmm. don't I have an answer? Yeah. Yeah. You're sitting there flipping through the TV, not even watching. Uh-huh. Just what? I mean, just. He's my husband. I should right. have an answer. That's right. right. And I didn't have an answer. And it just kind of opened my eyes to the life that I had. And I couldn't stop thinking about how this isn't the life that I wanted. Right, right. And had you already kind of felt the attraction for Mr. Maynard at this point or is yeah he was an interesting person and I look forward to spending time with him right and then you know it just kept growing and growing and then you know you have such an artificial environment in prison so you know we would walk around for four or five hours a day and talk 
but you know you couldn't touch it you couldn't hold a hand you that's couldn't, the thing and it was just like this pressure cooker of this intense no doubt. yeah yeah it's like a junior high relationship yes. like I, I went to a private school uh-huh. uh, private christian school so uh-huh. you weren't even allowed to have boyfriends girlfriends yes. but it was co-ed uh-huh. so you'd have people that were mm-hmm. in relationships with each other but they couldn't touch in school but that made it almost worse because sure. you know, that, the, the, you, you always want what you can't have. Yes, you know what I mean. Right. So the mm-hmm. attraction almost becomes more intense. It's just in a consuming. Like you can't, you know, you can't think about anything I can't, else. I can't right. really relate because I get everything I want. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, no. you get everything you wanted in prison. <laughs> well, no, no. So anyway, um, I, I remember this being on the news, and obviously. When I was a Lansing prison, it's still a story. And if you say the name Toby, everybody knows who it is. Mm. Word on the streets is that, just like you said earlier, you would you would walk in and go straight to John's cell. Is that was uh, that was that, like, no. like, like did you have access like that? I was only at John's cell once. Oh, just once. Really? Uh huh. And hey, and it's crazy how stories grow. That's right. Grow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. when I'd walk into the prison, John would be at the gate to meet me. And would he was walk me around because yes. he was my escort. But no, I didn't go straight to his cell. Interesting. So the, these, this is how everything, like everybody says in prison, mind your own business, mm-hmm. don't gossip. But everybody's uh, in your business, they're gossiping. They're gossiping, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> by That's the hilarious. time you hear it from two different people, yeah. you know, she broke him, you know, broke him out with hand grenades and a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I am. So that's the second aspect of mm-hmm. it, right? Is the, not only did you fall in love with him, but you, you helped break him out mm-hmm. where does that even come into play you How know does that... that's what i'm saying like <laughs> I, i've committed crimes and i've been in some crazy situations and i remember the adrenaline rush but i mean i was i was i was on drugs and i was i was uh, totally screwed up in the head and, and, and you move you progressed from one thing to the next yes. that the 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 previous thing wasn't necessarily as as bad as as the next but that but when you look at the first one to the last one sure crazy difference yeah. but yeah. but you strike me as someone who you know wasn't so committing petty crimes i have never even yet to this day had a speeding ticket oh wow <laughs> I was the kind of person who was just fanatical about following the rules. So when I pulled up to a stop sign and you could turn right on a red or you had Uh to wait, I would count 1,001. 1,002, 1,003. Nobody does it anymore and it gets on my nerves. They just Uh, run it. They run it and I I know it should have bothered me this much. (laughs) Stop. Do not pull out in front of me. Oh, continue. Coming from the the auto claims industry, I appreciate Uh that very much. Oh, good. (laughs) Thank you. I could be your spokesperson. That's right. No, so... Um, I, I never did anything wrong in my whole life. I mean, I was the kind of kid who I was so afraid of letting my parents down when I was in high school that I was the only one in my family of seven kids that didn't have a curfew. Oh, really? Because I came home before all my brothers and sisters who had a curfew because I didn't want a curfew. Right. So I was just to the extreme of a rule follower. Gotcha. And, but that also had, that, that had to inform you in the fact, uh, the, you're a go-getter as well, mm-hmm. right? The reason yeah. why you're able to start a uh, a, a dog adoption program within She's a week responsible. is because yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can be trusted mm-hmm. to do stuff yes. like that. Yes. Interesting. So how does a person like that... So um, John Maynard said to me, if I wasn't in prison, would you be with me? And I said... Man, this sounds like the line from the movie pre- preview. If I weren't in prison, 
Oh, yeah, if they made a movie? Yes. (laughs) This fall in theaters. Yeah, I can see that in the preview. So I said, maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I would. Yeah, I mean, maybe because it's just a hypothetical. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, right. sure. Which, he's in it. prison. He's yeah. not getting out. No so. big deal. But he heard, yes, she wants to be with me. And then he said, he went into this, I've got to figure out how to get out of here mode. Wow. And he started working through scenarios. And a, a few weeks later, he said, well, you know, I could put myself on a box and ship me out in the UFPS truck. And I said, that is the dumbest idea ever. That won't work because of this, this, and this. <laughs> and then he'd come back a couple of days later and say, I could do this. And I'd say, that is dumber than the first idea. Right. You know, that won't work because this is, the... and to me, it was kind of like a game, you know? Right, it's all hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then he came back one day and he said, I could hide in your van during a dog adoption. And I said, well, that would probably work. <laughs> there we go. I got a sound effect for that. Let me turn that up. That is correct. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so uh, this entire time, it's it's like my friends and I like like to have stupid arguments about yeah. things that'll never mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. you know. And it, my wife hates sitting there and listening to it at the time because mm-hmm. she's just she hates those hypothetical conversations. But they happen all the time. Yeah. You don't think anything's going to come of it, mm-hmm. but it, it, was there any point where you're like, wait a second, he's starting to take this seriously? Well, yeah, when he told me I needed to go buy an escape vehicle, and I was uh, like, You mean what? a Ford Escape? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but that would have been a good choice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to buy a, a vehicle. And he said, well, we can't drive your car. They'll know what it is. We can't drive the Safe Harbor Prison Dog van because it's a Safe Harbor Prison Dog. We got to have right. something else. And I was like, I'm not buying a vehicle. And and then he, you know, he just kept on and kept on. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go buy a truck. And I bought a used truck and so I paid you did cash. That, you're, 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 yeah. you're invested. You're invested. Like and I thought, you know, I'll just give this to my son. He wants a new truck. Sure. You know? if, if it falls through, yeah. if, if, if it turns out he's. But at least if surely, I go buy the truck, he'll quit bugging yeah, and, me. And this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Anyway. Worst yeah. case scenario, your son has a truck. Uh-huh. Right. And then there was just, you know. A dozen of those little things that all added up until all of a sudden, like we had a plan and we had a day and we had a place we were going. And and I still, the day of the escape, I still didn't believe it was going to happen. You still did not think it was going to happen. And it's because it's it's just, it's too wild. It's, uh-huh. it's stuff that movies are made yeah. out of. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, because of her... Yes, you. Uh-huh. <laughs> All vehicles coming in, in and out of the prison now must have heartbeat monitors on them. Heart monitors? What well, you-, you know what? There was a heartbeat monitor at medium custody where I drove uh-huh. John Maynard out. But but I was excused from the heartbeat monitor because my van was full of dogs that uh, had heartbeats. Oh, had, gosh, this is just now, too did you genius. guys think of that, or was it a matter of that's just, just the way luck. it always was? Okay, but John knew that. Right, and he that was one more of the ways it was going to work. Right, right. So just mm-hmm. you're going to be able to exploit that. Yeah. It wasn't after the fact you realized. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so so one of the charges that you got was you brought him a cell phone, correct? Yes. So, you know, cell phones are considered that they actually consider cell phones one of the most dangerous items of contraband because why does a person need a phone that cannot be monitored? Right, because there are phones available to them. Yeah, right there on the wall. Use the ones that are Yes, yeah. but that's because you're talking about things that you don't want anybody to hear. Right. An escape, 
uh, a drop for contraband, mm-hmm. right? Um, and an attack on a guard, a guard who wrote me up, or uh, some kind of other uh, crime, uh, right. Outside, and, and, right. You know, uh, yeah, you're setting up hits, and you're still running your organization from from the prison, mm-hmm. right? So they take that very serious. So did he ever ask you to bring in anything else? No, and. Um, the phone, I fought that for a long time. He's like, I need a cell phone. I need, so then I can talk to you. You know, I can talk to you all the time. Wouldn't it be great to be able to talk to you whenever we wanted to talk, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be kind of great. I wouldn't have to hang out in the prison all day then. Right. And, um, and he said, I said, I'm not bringing a cell phone in the prison. He said, that's okay. I found somebody who'll bring it in, but it's going to cost $500. So I need $500. And I was like, I am not paying $500 for something I can just do myself. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So then I brought in a cell phone. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It's more cost effective to go that route. Yeah. Yeah. She is so quickly, so quickly she's becoming like the mafia. (laughs) It all starts out innocent. Uh Next thing you know, she's the godfather. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you feel like you're in it. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Yeah. Yes. What's the preparation? So you've done a little bit of preparation on your end, getting the the used truck. Really, um, all the heavy lifting, honestly. Yes. Financially, yes. physically. Uh-huh. What mm-hmm. else were you doing on the outside to to prepare for this? Um, I bought clothes for John to wear. Okay. And put them in the truck. Okay. And I had to get a storage unit to put the truck in. Okay. Wigs. Wigs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the wigs. And I bought food too, and it was February. It was cold. So I could just put the food in the truck and it's parked in the storage unit and it yeah. stayed cold. That makes sense. So yeah. um so all those kinds of things, just preparing right. for whatever it was that we needed. And right. and you took this money from your 401k. Yes. That's oh, right. That's my retirement. I know. I funded an escape with my retirement. Oh my, oh my goodness. God. Which is now really difficult when I'm quickly at retirement age right i know what you mean mm-hmm. so that's the classic situation of the classic situation because not financial brokers are always like do not fund escapes with your retirement that's right, right. <laughs> this is what are you Maybe doing i could be their spokesperson yeah, like, too. Uh, like, exactly well, i want to drain my retirement to make a freeze rate i think it'd be cool to have a freeze rate or do an escape from a prison yeah <laughs> brian get the hell out of my office uh-huh. that's right yeah 10 out of 10 um, economists say that was a bad idea. Yes, <laughs> I'd say probably ninety out of ten. Would say. <laughs> right, but that's but that's the classic situation of criminals not thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Right now, at the time, you weren't a criminal. That's right. But you were going. You're you're going to commit yes. a crime. But. John Maynard always told me, you won't get in trouble. Of course you, you won't. You won't go to prison. Oh, yeah, you're innocent. I was all uh, my idea. But they're going to say. They won't believe that you were yeah. in on this. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to say that uh, I manipulated, tricked you, and forced you to do it. That's right. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So yeah. what's any idea what he was doing on the inside to prepare for this? He was losing weight. So, so uh, are we. We're actually in a weight loss challenge right now. We're in a weight loss challenge. Nice segue, Toby. Maybe if you were interested in fitting yourself into a dog crate, you would accelerate <laughs> your exactly. weight loss. I'm, I'm interested uh-huh. in what he... So how much uh, weight did he lose? 25 pounds. Twenty, And, and how long? In like two weeks. Oh, wow. I've Gosh. done... I've lost 13 in four weeks. Yeah. I need to know his secrets. I need to know... Yeah, <laughs> I think I mean, he just didn't eat. Right. But, uh, He's motivated. He was six foot four. Again. Motivate, yeah. This is and his he only was chance. really a lanky build to begin with. Okay. And he lost 25 pounds so he could fit into this box that was inside the dog crate. So this played into our hands too because the unit team leader 
just happened to come to me when I John was escorting me around, and he said, Toby, you've got a wire dog crate over here in M unit, and I really don't want to have a wire dog crate in here, which makes sense. People okay. could yeah, weapons. wires. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'd had a pregnant dog in it, and it was a big wire crate, and so she could fit in there with all her puppies. And he okay. said, you need to get this crate out of here. And John was quick, you know, and he said, I have an idea. He said, that crate's really big and heavy, so how about if I bring it down to the next dog adoption and just load it into her van. Oh, that sounds perfect, So she perfect. doesn't John, have to carry it out. you're such a good guy. Uh, yeah. I wish more inmates were like you, John. <laughs> and they said, that's a great idea. Wow. We'll notify the officers at the gate that you're gonna that this dog crate's going to be coming down wow. to be put on your you van. You know, if we had more guys like him, we wouldn't have to keep an eye on them. <laughs> <laughs> keep an eye on themselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow, so, so what size crate are we talking about here? I think I have one at home, actually, that okay. I bought for a prop. But uh, <laughs> it's probably, how big is that crate, Chris, that we have, that wire crate? Mm, it's probably, probably the size of that gate there, maybe three feet by okay. Okay. two okay. feet. Okay. And, of course, it's a wire crate. So you can see in it. Right. So he can't just be hiding in there. And we got right. a six foot four? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So there's these things called pack out boxes. Oh, pack out boxes. And when you pack move boxes. from place to place, it's ridiculous. you it's had to fit all your belongings in one in pack one out box. box. In one box. And usually, I mean, in, it's usually impossible. Mm-hmm. How big, so how big is a pack out box? Well, there's two box. different sizes of pack out boxes. It depends on who the guard is at the time. They but, might have changed by now. Um, That's a good point. Too. I heard they made them smaller. They are smaller. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they want you to have less property. Okay. Um, and Well, they also don't want a six foot four inmate to be exactly, able to sit exactly in one. Exactly right. Well, so, Inside. If you put them in there a piece at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so inside the crate was inside the box. There was a box inside the crate. Can you explain how big this box was? There was the size of a packout box, which I don't remember. I think it was 36 so, by 18. So typically in the max, they'd have bigger ones because those guys acquire a lot more property over time. Okay. Um, but it's still a tight fit. Yeah. Right. So John... Tried and tried and tried and tried I to fit into a pack out like box. The prestige, yeah, the right. Tricks. That's right. Right, and, and he and couldn't again. make it work. He just kept busting the boxes. Montage. So he had this dream. What? In this dream, he dreamed of this way he could fit into the box, and he woke what? up and There's tried a vision? it. Vision? Yeah. And so I never. He was going to explain it to me, but we never did. But right. he put one leg. Up over his shoulder. Okay. And one leg behind him. Oh. And got into this box. Wow. Wow. So he did it's a like, lot of stretching too while he was yeah, losing weight. I was going to say, so he's doing yoga and losing uh-huh. weight at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's wow. actually a very healthy lifestyle and escaping prison. Yeah. Those are all wins. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. God. So he managed to fit into the box. Okay. Which was inside of a crate. So you have your plan. He's able to fit into it. But but you still got to pull it off. I mean, just right. just because you can fit in a box doesn't mean just because we can get that box in a crate somehow unassisted, or maybe somebody hadn't. I mean, who knows? But it's it's got to work. I, and we I got see multiple what gates to get through. I see what Three you're implying gates. here. Do you know if he had any help on the inside? He would never share with me. Okay. Which okay. means he holds his mud. He's uh-huh. solid. Holds uh-huh. his mud. Is that a prison yeah. phrase? Yes. Uh-huh. Huh. Yes. He didn't tell any. He didn't tell anybody and say these these people help me and this people right. help me. Right. So his roommate and their two pod mates. Okay. Uh, 
pulled this. So I had a farm wagon inside the prison so I could move 50 pound bags of dog food around to different housing units. Yeah, makes sense. So the crate was on the farm wagon and these three inmates pulled the farm wagon down to the van. Okay. And while I was loading dogs into the back of the van, I'd open the side door of the van and they slid the crate from the wagon into the van. Gotcha. So at this point, you just, you got to be wondering like, oh my God, is he in there? Yes. That was, uh, was going to be my, yes. my question. So uh, you, yes. you guys had a specific date Surely lined up. Surely he uh-huh. chickened out. Surely he uh-huh. chickened out. He rethought this. Uh, I hope he's not in this freaking box. That's exactly what I was thinking. I hope he's not in the box. And... um. The officers, of course, they're watching these inmates load dogs into the back of the van. Business as usual. And they watch all these inmates go back behind the fence, and they shut gate three. And I get in my van, and they open gate two, and I drive out. And I drive to gate one, and they close gate two, and they open gate one. One gate at a time. And I'm out of the prison. What is going through your mind? I was just freaking out. I, I was thinking, oh, gosh. I hope he's not in there, and I'll just go do a dog adoption. Yeah, no, I'm just going to do it. a dog I'll adoption just focus today. On dogs. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll cleanse mm-hmm. these bad you thoughts. You know what yes. I'm going to do yes. with? Uh, I uh-huh. promise I will not do anything like this again. Yes, I will not let prisoners escape. I will only continue to incarcerate dogs in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't. I mean, like it might my heart would be racing. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to control the wheel of the uh-huh. car because I'd just be. You know, just out of my mind. Yeah, did, did, it was stressful. So you mentioned the gates close one at a time. Uh-huh. So were you at any point like looking at any of the guards? Like, were like they the coming up and checking you out? And you get stuck. Nope. At this point, they just trust her so much. Yes, right. they didn't even look. That wow. that it's it's just business as usual, wow. and they just let her mm-hmm. go right out. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you get out, yeah. Gate one, and I'm driving around the prison, the uh-huh. road that's behind the prison. Okay, and I say, John, are you in there? And there's no answer. And I think, thank God, thank God, that's exactly <laughs> thank right. God. Thank God, I'm just going to PetSmart. I'm going to do a dog adoption. Yes, yeah. good. That's a good Ooh, choice. By the way, I'm glad that we're done with this. Yes, you wow. know. And so and I drive story. on out. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I, that's a great story. Yeah, I get past the prison. and I'm on the city road. And all of a sudden, this arm busts out of the box. Oh, God. (laughs) And this manic laugh, you know, just starts cackling. And I just about had a heart attack. And I pulled the van over and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, I cannot undo this. Oh, yeah. You know, this is past the point of no return. (laughs) You can't make a U-turn and just knock on the door. Hey, by the way, I got something of yours. (laughs) They actually put a human in there. (laughs) Yeah. A little mix-up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. So, and of course, then John says, drive, Toby, drive. Just keep driving. (laughs) Of course, of course. Mm So you could so you drive. Yeah. You where, drive. You, where are you going? I drove to my house so I could leave the dogs that I picked up for adoption okay. in my barn. Following procedure as usual. She, <laughs> exactly. she does a stray from them. <laughs> so she has a list of things. I don't care. John, I don't care. I got to drop this off. Can I make yes. a deposit at the bank? I well, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We will get to your escape here in a little bit. He was like, just let the dogs go at the side of the road. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Exactly. I rescue dogs. I don't turn them loose. So right, right, right. there, I, I don't know. Is that kind of like a little uh, peek behind the curtain at who he really is? Like all of a sudden, I thought you liked dogs, John. Yeah. You told me you love dogs. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you want me to throw them in a field yeah. for your own sake. Right, uh-huh. right. You know, um, so you, you, you got to change vehicles. Yes. You so we to... drop the dogs at my house and I drive to the storage unit. Okay. Which interestingly enough, they just built this storage unit. 
which wasn't, it was between my house and the prison. And it was brand new. So when I went to look at it, they said, our security cameras aren't in place yet, but they will <sighs> be within a month. And I said, perfect, I'll yeah. take it. That, that works just <laughs> fine for me. Yes, good, 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 yeah. good. I do not want my stuff to be secure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I pulled into the security area and I opened the garage door and John got out of the van and went and got in the truck and pulled the truck out. And I backed the prison van into the storage unit and we closed the door and we left. Wow. So I just picture him still cramped up from being inside. Can you just untwist me? Good Lord. Pretzel John. So now you were on the run. Yes. 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 So um, at this point, I can only imagine John knows this is temporary. It's not, you're not going to be on the run for, he's not going to make it forever. Did you know this too? No. That didn't cross your mind? Well, I always believed I would come back home, but it was when I was tired of this vacation, you know, I was just going to come home. A slap on the wrist. Yeah. Like, hey, you know. I don't know where he is. I left him because I was ready to come home, you know, but um, he, and I think. John got locked up before we had cell phones. Yeah, before sure. we had the internet. Sure, he had no idea that all the computers of all the police departments are connected with each yes, other. Yes, right. share information that, yeah. and that your face goes global yeah. fast. And, and but that all happened relatively quickly when you yes. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that seven years you say that. As yeah. a matter of fact, well, like ten. He was in for ten. 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 So yeah. in that case, that ten years yeah. is a sweet spot. Yeah. Of you know, the information, all boom. this technology. And so yeah. he really had no idea how quickly this would be everywhere. Right. He thought we could outrun it. Yes. Do yeah. you, when it was just fax machines. Yes. Even in, you know, yes. Picture and pagers. Uh-huh. Yes. When do you think that they noticed he was gone? Because. Well, we did the escape at 1030 on a Sunday morning. Okay. And I don't remember the count times. You uh, might remember. Be a count around 1130. Well, for on Sunday, Chow. there wasn't one. Oh, no, because of because There was of like 3 or 330. Yeah, all the way in the afternoon. Uh-huh. Wow. So they, there was a so plenty of time. So we had like five or six hours that's, wow. that's before they knew he start. was gone. Wow. Um, and he had a bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, nah, nah, I mean, really, more importantly than escaping, um, I want to see an IMAX movie. I want yes, to see yes. um, And BT Dubs, what's up with this wig you got me? I hate this yes, wig. Yes, that's we gotta right. We got to give me a new wig. Uh-huh. So, Actually, you know what? This this is a good stopping point right now, I think. So we're already at an hour. Okay. Uh-huh. If you have some time, what I'd like to do yeah. is get into the next part of the story. Fine. But maybe this is a good part to uh, uh, take a break, and then this uh, the, the second half of this yeah. will be a second episode. That's cool. Okay. So Let's in that case, do that. But stay tuned, folks. We have high speed chases, excitement, it's only danger. Just begun. It's only just begun. <laughs> the Carpenters. <laughs> Go. So as as a. Uh, Closer, mm-hmm. uh, I would like, we, we had spoken earlier about the prison word of the week, so let's do that. Prison word of the week, 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 week. Real quick, you uh, you had mentioned you had uh, a prison word of the week that you could share with us. Yes, and that word is minute. Minute, So okay. in prison, a minute is a long time. Right. So people will say, I'm going to be here a minute. I'm just going to sit down mm-hmm. for a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Sit down's another one. You know, it means that they're doing time. Okay. Um, so it's a sit yeah, so you give me a bonus for no, like, like sitting down means that they, they got all day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All day. Never getting out. So a minute means a long, long time. 
Well, out here in the world, a minute is quick. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to be ready in a minute, it's like a snap of the fingers. Right. Sure. But sure. in prison, it's a long time. And it's so confusing. Yes, it it's is. A, like it's when you, backwards. When you come from, you know, and you've never been around this type of environment, you got to learn all the slang quickly. Mm-hmm. That's right. I told Jeremy that, you know, in, in the white preppy group I grew up in, the word punk was just like, you know, you're being a, you're, you're being a, an a-hole, you know, uh-huh. you're being a, uh-huh. a, a jerk. Yeah. But if you call somebody a punk in a men's prison, they're going to stab you or fight yeah. you immediately because mm-hmm. you're calling them the B word, basically. Them and you're words. calling them, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, you're calling it, it, it gay, which gay is a big insult in prison. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like those, those are fighting words. So you got to learn all this That's stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, exactly. like, man, you know, I've been waiting a minute on that, you know, and I'm saying, well, a minute's not I can that do long. a minute. That's, this guy's very yeah. impatient. Yeah. That's right. I can hold my breath that long. Very uh-huh. impatient. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah, that's right. actually good. So, yeah, so you my husband it. now, you know, when I we first met, and I'd say, well, I'm, it's going to take a minute. And he'd always say, is it a prison minute or uh-huh. a New York minute? Gotcha. Because there's a big difference. Huge difference. Yes. Uh-huh. By the way, Huge when difference. I have sex, it's a it, it's just a real minute. It's a real minute? Yeah, it's not, <laughs> a, it's not the long minute. <laughs> so that's actually a little bit of foreshadowing yeah. uh, since she knows some of the prison slang, guys. So stick yes. around. Uh, we will have her back here uh, next week. And uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Don't forget to visit trytopodcast.com or look for the boys on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Try to Podcast. And for God's sake, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the least you can do, and it goes a long way to help the show. Just here, here. put your leg behind your head. Put your leg behind your head. Oh, I can't. Do- just bend your leg. Get in the box. I've never been very Dude, flexible. Dude, just get in the freaking box. Brian. we got to do this. If he can do it, we can do it. Okay. There you go. 25 Breathe. 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 Oh, God. <laughs>